I'm Dean Blandino, and you're listening to Scoop FM. Hello and welcome to the final preseason edition of Scoop FM, the official podcast of Shad Dynasty League, the only league that counts. That's right, we're coming at you right before the eve of the draft. I'm literally doing this Friday night. It's August 26th. I had one recorded, but Dave and Bob had to go fuck it all up. Changed everything. So, I mean, I don't know if it really changed that much, but a couple of picks that I was debating on have solidified in my mind. Now, I don't like to release this. You know, I didn't release it last year because I was picking at the front. I couldn't tell you what I thought. I couldn't give you my real opinions on all these players because I got to play the game the night of. So this will come out Sunday. You know what? I might do a scheduled release. I might drop this at midnight of the draft. Oh, that's fire. But So I can't give this out now because I'm going to give you absolutely the unadulterated, 100% real version of what I think of this year's draft class, what my strategy is, how that's changed over time, what I'm thinking and what I'm hoping and what I'm praying happens tomorrow night. Now maybe next year, since I foolishly gave away my first round pick, I can give it to you then. But for now... Well, this will kind of be a post-mortem after the fact, so it might intrigue you to hear, oh, okay, so that's what he was thinking, that's what he was getting at, or it might just be fun for us to reflect on how ignorant my, I was in thinking I knew how uh, tomorrow would play out. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of surprises, but let's not start with any surprises. Let's have Nikki at 101. He's got a tough call to make. Is it Hall or is it Pickett? Now, I think Pickett, Pickett, his floor to me always, actually since the night he was drafted, was Nate at six. When when he when the Steelers drafted him, I looked at Nate, I said, Oh my god, you're gonna get him at six. Because I assumed that there wouldn't be a lot of hype around him, that it would be kind of muted. Nate, you know, they everyone would get their their hyped up rookies and, you know, receivers and running backs, and then Nate would be able to say, Yeah, I'll take a chance on this picket kid at six. But no, he's played tremendous. He's looked tremendous. The offense is cooking. The line still is horrible. So Nicky's got a tough choice to make. The problem is it's not that, I mean, this, you know, he went back half of the first round. Yes, he's got a good team, but it's got a bad line. He's an older prospect. It's not a slam dunk 101 decision. Now, this will be our fourth ever rookie draft. And in the prior three, a quarterback has always gone first overall. Kyler Murray, followed by Joe Burrow, followed by Trevor Lawrence. So Nicky is going to buck that trend here. Now, he knows that Deshaun is coming back in time for playoffs. If he can squeak out enough wins in between then, he could maybe have Deshaun right ready to go as he makes a playoff run. That's pretty valuable. That ain't bad. Um, And if you look at Nicky's team, he's got Wentz in Washington. Daniel Jones still. Those guys might be at the end end of their rope there, but he's got Dak and he's got Deshaun. So if he takes Pickett long-term, Pickett's just your quarterback three. Always trying to start, never just filling in for bye weeks, never really starting over either of those guys. You can get a quarterback three that you're, that's your backup other places, not with the 101. Not when Hall, when when Nicky's really only need. I mean, I think Nicky would be one of the elite teams in this league 
if he had a better running back room. And it's funny because the night that he traded out and gave Devin Justin Fields, he told me, he said, Devin is offering me either Swift or CEH. Who should I take? And I told him, I'm a sicko. I'm a Lions cocksucker. I would tell you Swift, but I think everyone else in the world would tell you CEH. Just imagine if he had picked Swift. Swift, Denaji, and everything else. I mean, he'd be a serious contender. So adding Brees Hall, yeah, the Jets, we got questions about their offense in general, but Hall is the highest uh, drafted running back. He's going to get work. I'm confident of that. I don't believe anything about Michael Carter having a significant, like I, I'm sure he'll be a part of the offense, right? Um, but I mean, I think Brees Hall is going to get the majority of the carries and be a beast. Even if the offense isn't great, he's going to get work. So Nicky will take him there. At two now, this becomes pretty easy for Bob. He's going to take Kenny Pickett. And, the, and, and you might think that's a little strange. Bob just traded Goff, so he does need a third quarterback. He only has Burrow and Tua on his roster. And Tua just, you know, he hasn't shown a lot. He's in a precarious situation. You know, uh, Bob doesn't have a 23 first next year. This might be his only chance to get a, 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 a quarterback. And if you look at it, there's actually been a couple names that I'm sure we'll get to. Um, other, you know, he could go Kenneth Walker here, but Kenneth Walker starting the season hurt, right? That's not, I, I had that pegged as the slam dunk one and two haul by Walker for months, but you know, the shine is kind of wearing off. He's starting the season hurt. The Seahawks are going to stink. So what's, what's Bob going to do? He's got like six more picks in the next 10. Why is he going to take a receiver? He's going to have tons of receivers to take. So I think it just makes complete sense for him to take Pickett. If he's not going to trade out, I think it's Pickett. All right, Drew at three. This is another tough one. Uh, I think Drew is living in his own personal hell right now because I think when he got this pick, he said to himself, hey, I'll do exactly what uh, my buddy John Robinson down in, was that his name? I don't know. Uh, down in Nashville did, uh, I'll do the exact same thing. Let's get rid of this A.J. Brown kid and replace him straight up for Traylon Burks. But now it's just haunting him. All these bad reports, the asthma, out of shape, running with the threes. He doesn't know what to do. There's a chance that he takes him and he's horrific. He's a bust not only for the Titans, but sets Drew back years. But there's a chance he's a superstar and Drew's going to pass on him. Oh, I think it's just too hard. I think it's too emotional. And ultimately, I think Drew takes Drake London. He's got Marcus Mariota. And yeah, who knows how long that's going to last, but still, who knows, maybe a little Tannehill-like redemption for a year or two might be nice. And London just seems like the safest guy. He knows that he's going to get a guy who's going to get a lot of targets, uh, you know, solid build, and, and maybe an offense that we're going to be more interested in a year or two from now. So I think he plays it safe and takes London over the Tennessee Titans' own Traylon Burks. Now Nikki at four. I think Nikki comes into this draft with one prerogative and one only, and that's to get running backs more and more and more. He could take a receiver because maybe he does think, you know, they're Justin Jefferson level, but he who is he going to start him over? It just doesn't make sense for him to do, I don't think. Even if he likes Olave and Garrett Wilson, I just don't see him doing it. I think he's going to take Kenneth Walker right here. Uh, put a bow on that. Okay, Bob at five. Now, Bob is going to make a move that I'm going to be grown, that I'm going to be really upset because this is my first little hint of, of what I think about this draft. My number one receiver of this draft going all the way back to after the NFL draft was one Chris Olave. 
Yes, he was my number one receiver, and I had a little suspicion that maybe he would fall to me at eight, and I have some other guys that I wanted to get interested in. That's why I made the move with Nikki to get up to 11. So, you know, if Olave was there, fell to me at eight as a surprise, I could take him and still be prepared to get, you know, who I was planning on taking with nine and 11. But I don't think he will. I think Bob has wised up. I think everyone has seen it with their own eyes. What is going to be true is that he's the best route runner in the class. He's just a monster in the end zone. I mean, very shifty. And I just think he's going to be the best. I don't think it totally matters if it's Jameis. I don't care if it's Andy Dalton. I don't care if they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't care. I just think he gets it done. I think he is a target hog, just a magnet. And I... and. And regardless, I think the Saints will figure it out at quarterback eventually. And I just think he's the best receiver in this class. So I'm going to be very jealous when Bob gets him there at pick five. Now Nate's up at six. He's in a tough spot. Um, Nate needs quarterback and running back. I don't know if you want to go James Cook right here, though. Um, you know, he's if, if Saquon is, is truly healthy, then he actually doesn't need running back that horrifically. Um, he could potentially wait. So I think he's going to take Garrett Wilson because I, I I believe Nate's got him high. Garrett Wilson's on my do not draft list, not because I don't like Garrett Wilson or think he's going to do good, but because I have Elijah Moore. And that's always been my policy. And one year that caused me to pass on DK Metcalf because I already had Tyler Lockett. And another year caused me to pass on Jamar Chase because I already had T Higgins. So maybe that's not the best philosophy and uh, that means that if Garrett Wilson were available to me and I passed on him with that logic, it would definitely be the case that he would become a Hall of Fame superstar uh, and I would have another wide receiver two to go with all of my wide receiver twos because I can't seem to get one that actually is a, is a full-time number one. But that being said, I think, this is, I think Nate's an Ohio State fan. I think this just makes sense for him. I wouldn't do it, but I get it. Now, Bob at seven, this is a tough one. I went back and forth on this one a lot. But I think Bob's going to look at the field and kind of play his options here and say, okay, I'm back on in four picks. I got Dan three times and Bill once. Do I think Dan's going to take three receivers? Probably not. He seems to be a running back guy. Could he take two? If he only takes one, is Billy going to take one? I think we can all agree at this point, there's really only two more running backs, one who has bubbled up a lot in the past uh, couple weeks, who could be considered kind of first-round picks, later first-round picks, knowing the scarcity at the position. Um, and I don't think Bob's going to risk it. He's got more picks. He's at he's at 14 and 15 and 17. He's got more picks. He knows receivers will fall especially if he starts the panic on running backs going. So at seven, he's going to take James Cook. Um, yeah, I think that's that's one I, would, I, that's one I had penciled in. James Cook, I don't love the size personally. He was one I had penciled in, hoping for some hype, because now that we're at eight and nine, I can tell you my plan all along. My plan from the start, and you're never going to believe this, but it's true. After the NFL draft, I had... Chris Olave as my wide receiver one, and Drake London as my wide receiver two. But he was on my do not draft list. He was. It's true. 
And the reason being, because I have Kyle Pitts, but I still had him at, see, my rankings are a little weird. I do it for each team that I'm in. And so I consider, you know, what that team needs, what other players I have, right? I'm not going to get two receivers on the same team. Typically, it's just, as I said, not my thing, but so that pushed down Garrett Wilson. And, you know, the, the thing is though, I kept Drake London up there because I thought, I still think actually, if you have one at tight end and one at receiver, that's not so bad, right? Especially if the, you know, they get a CJ Stroud or something that could actually be exciting. So I kept him there. But you want to know who my wide receiver three was? Sky Moore. And my wide receiver four was George Pickens. This was after the draft. Yes, indeed. I was begging for the Steelers to trade up for Sky Moore. And to my surprise, not only did they not need to trade up, they passed on him because guess what? George Pickens was there. Who has a better body build? He's a stereotypical alpha. He's an absolute dog. He's got attitude. I've sent the video. I'm going to show it again. I played it last night. I know I did. It's going to crush me to play that if for someone else. If Nate takes him at, five, at six, I'm going to be furious. If, if Bob takes him at seven, I'm probably going to trade up. But my whole plan from that day was, wow, those guys are going to be waiting for me at eight and nine. But in fact, people will be hyped up on James Cook and Jamison Williams and Traylon Barks and whoever's here. So maybe I could trade down once or twice or three times, get a couple of 20, 23 seconds. Maybe I could get three of them. Then I'd have four seconds and I'd get Sky Moore and George Pickens, the guys I wanted anyway. But I was more prophetic than I gave myself credit for. It turns out that George Pickens and Sky Moore have been studs all training camp and the news is too good. So at this point, I can't play the odds. I can't fuck around with Billy and try to get him to move up for Jamison Williams. I don't even know if he would do that because he's got Amonra St. Brown. James Cook is gone. I can't entice him with that. I don't know what to do here. So I am just going to thank my lucky stars that they even made it to me, not be greedy, and just take George Pickens at eight and Sky Moore at nine. All right, now Billy is up at pick 10. Now, this is tough. I really think the more I think about it, the more I don't know what Billy would do. Because as I look at Billy's team, you know, he's got Mixon and Dobbins and James Conner. But when you look at his receivers, he just doesn't have, I mean, outside of Tyreek, he does not have a true number one guy, a true number one stud receiver. And I feel like that's a little bit of a bigger need than running back. So I, I don't know. I think it could be very tempting. And with the with the drumbeat building for Damian Pierce and the relatively quiet nature of Jamison Williams training camp, which is, you know, as expected considering he's injured, um, I don't know that he would, I, I think he would be tempted to go Damian Pierce. But when I look at it, I don't think Billy's like me necessarily where, you know, he says, well, I already have a Monra. I can't get Jamison. I think he knows and truly feels that Jamison is going to be an absolute stud and that Amonra St. Brown, I think there are some doubts in his mind how good it was he really, right? I mean, had some good games to end this year, but we've seen a lot of players do that and then fizzle out like DJ Chark a couple years ago, and it just happens over and over and over again. And he's, he watched that Alabama team and saw the highlights and knows the speed and so I think he's going to he's gonna be tempted, and he's going to take Jamison Williams there. 
Now I'm back up at 11, and maybe that was wish casting because I get Damian Pierce. But I just want to tell you something that's crazy. I'm in a best ball draft that happens right after the NFL draft a couple weeks. In that draft, I got George Pickens at 15 and Damian Pierce at like 38. Can you fuck it? No, it couldn't have been 38. I'm sorry, that's a lie. It had to have been 20-something, 32. Let me double check because I want to know. 25. Pickens at 15. Damian Pierce at 25. Can you mother love and believe that? Holy shit. And now I'm taking them at 8 and 11. Uh, price of a brick is going up. But on the record, this is who I liked for a long time. Glad to see they're doing well. Hope that continues now that they're on my team. Wink, wink. All right, Bob's up with back-to-back picks. Now, this is interesting. This is very fucking interesting. Because Bob's looking at this right now and recognizing, whoa, Traylon Burks fell to pick 12, and Malik Willis is still here. Now, Drew has been sufficiently scarred and has enough PTSD to be aware that if he were to wait for pick 16 and pray and hope that Malik Willis falls to him, what he will find staring right above him at pick 15 is a conniving bastard named Matt Horvodich who will take Malik Willis despite not needing him. He's got Herbert. He's got Allen. He would never start Malik Willis, but he'll take him just to do it, just out of spite. And because he knows the value is there and that's the only pick he could make that would make people jealous, that would make people want to give him a trade. He knows Matt will do that to him. He has to get up into the, or he has to get up above him to secure Malik Willis. So he entertains Bob with an offer of, hey, let me trade up. I'll go from 14, I'll go from 16 to 12 and get Willis. And you go down to 16, I'll give you a a second next year. But Bob says, hold up. You realize I also have 13 and Burks is available. How about we do, I give you 12 and 13 for 16, your second next year, and your 2024 first? Would that work? If we vote to make 25 available, maybe Drew counters with 25 first. And I think Bob says you got a fucking deal. And so Bob Drew, Bob and Drew now switch. Drew at 12 and 13 takes Traylon Burks and Malik Willis back to back. Nikki now at 14, continuing his quest to get some uh, running back talent. He's going to take Brian Robinson likely to steal the job from Antonio Gibson. And all I can think about is one week into the season last year when Nikki offered me Antonio Gibson. He offered me Najee Harris straight up. Oh, I'll tell you what. If I had a time machine, I know where I'd go back to. September 7th, 2021, I would shake myself and say, you fucking idiot, take it. Think of the pedigree. He's a stealer for Christ's sake. You don't have the next Christian McCaffrey. It's a lie. But it's too late. And so he'll take Brian Robinson, the guy that's going to replace Antonio Bum Gibson anyways. I can't believe I even made him a song. Makes me fucking sick. All right, Matt at 16 now. I think he'll take Desmond Ritter here. There are some other intriguing options, but that's Matt's game. We know his game by now. Frankly, it's gotten old, but 
he's going to continue to play it. All right, Drew. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Now this is Bob. Bob is up at 16, and Bob can't believe it. He just got Christian Watson, a first-round pick, and a second-round pick in maybe better draft classes for Traylon Burks and Malik Willis. He's very happy with that. Christian Watson, North Dakota State. You love to see a Missouri Valley Conference guy get some get some get some respect and get drafted high. Traded up to get him. The Packers did. Speed freak. He runs like a four four flat. I don't know. He's six two. He's just a he. He's a beast. He is an athletic marvel. And if he can develop a connection with uh, Aaron Rodgers and hell. They're even saying Jordan Love's actually looked pretty decent. So even if Rodgers retires in a year or two, might not be the absolute worst thing. And he fell to fucking 16, so that's a huge value, I think. And now Bob's actually got back-to-back picks because he's up at 17. And after, you know, securing, he's got Olave, he's got James Cook, um, and he did just get Christian Watson. So it could be tempting. Bob, I think, is a value guy, and... I think he is going to go Jahan Dotson. I actually, I, I don't I don't think I had this at first, but now that I think about it, this is a first-round receiver. Um, you know, he he at least profiles as, hey, like a Sterling Shepard kind of guy, right? Just always, always around. And this is good value. You know, he's got, Bob's got Pickett. He's got James Cook. He's got Christian Watson. He's got, a, you know, he he's going to take Dotson. I think James Cook was enough to say, all right, I'm not going to reach. Because Nate, I, I really just flipped him in real time the more I thought about it. Nate at 18, maybe needing a running back is going to take Isaiah Spiller. He's got the time to see how things play out with Saquon. You know, I think Isaiah Spiller could be the second running back and, and lighten Eckler's load a bit in year one. And he's really young. And so if he works hard at it, I mean, he could take over this backfield full time. And, I mean, on the Chargers, that would be something. We're not hearing a lot of hype and a lot of amazing news, but I think the possibility is there. Nikki now at 19, continuing his quest. Rashad White. I don't know how much play a rookie running back is going to get with Tom Brady, but it's worth a shot. And the Bucks are good. I mean, I don't know. Their O-line's a little concerning. But you could see a world where Leonard Fournette, I mean, he got hurt a couple games last year. I think Rashad White will at least start a couple games. I don't think he'll set the world on fire in any of them. But he caught a lot of balls at Arizona State. I think it was more just so he was kind of the best player, so they dumped it off to him. I don't think he's an outstanding receiver, but there's some promise there. All right, Devin, now 20, 21, and 22, and we know what he's going to do. It's the classic Devin move, like he double-tapped running back back in 2020. He's going to triple-tap running back at the back end of the second round of the 2022 draft. So at 20, he's going to take Samir White. He's getting an opportunity. All bad press with Josh Jacobs, pretty much. They didn't pick up the fifth-year option. McDaniels is not paying a running back. He came from the Bill Belichick school, and Zamir White... If he had been healthy and played a full college career, who knows where he would have gone in the draft. I mean, he might have been a high pick. So if he could stay healthy, there's a lot of promise there. At 21, Devin's going to take Tyler Algier. Not as much noise. This is more of a speculative kind of ad. There's a chance he could he could be the guy in Atlanta. Uh, I think they did just cut, was it Damian or Daryl Williams? I don't know. I think they did just cut that guy. So that at least tells you, they think of him and Patterson and whoever else they got as, as sort of the guys. So that's a good sign. And then lastly, David's De- sorry, Devin's going to buy a lotto ticket, the Isaiah Pacheco lotto ticket. 
Yes, CEH be damned. Come on, this one's got to hit. I mean, this is a seventh or sixth round pick. You know, it's a little risky. It's a little risky. There's a lot of maybe safer guys there, but the reports are good in camp. Now, are the reports good in camp because all the coaches and every beat writer and every fan realizes that drafting Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round was a ginormous mistake? And not because it's always a mistake to draft a running back in the first round. It was just always fucking stupid to take him over Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift, who everybody could have told you were, were better running backs in college. But they just, this is the problem when, you know, you just watch the playoffs and the championship and you say, oh yeah, that guy's really good. Um, and you ask Mahomes and he says, yeah, get Clyde. I just saw one game he ever played and he caught a lot of balls. It's just, I mean, could you imagine if they had Jonathan Taylor on that team? Regardless, is Pacheco really looking that good or is everyone just so fed up with CEH that they're hyping this guy up? I don't know. I, I kind of doubt he's going to take over that role full time. I just think it's going to be kind of a gross mix of everyone they got there until eventually they find a, a longer term answer, uh, maybe even in next year's draft. But I think it's worth the lotto ticket at 22. Now Billy's up at 23. We'll have him going Jalen Tolbert. He's got an opportunity immediately out the gate because Dallas Cowboys just are they're decimated at receiver. Um, I think he's a little raw. I, I, I don't think he's, you know, blowing anybody away yet, but the opportunity's there. I think it's a good pick. Nikki is going to take... I'm really just going to have him doing this until he gets enough running backs. I think this is his running back draft. He's going to take Tyrion Davis-Price. Uh, I think he's locked in as the running back three just behind Jeff Wilson, supposedly, and we know Jeff Wilson's not going to last a full season. So, All right, I'm up at 25. I'll take Trey McBride. Um, haven't heard a lot about him. I think he had a I think he had a back issue, um, and and honestly, there's, there's a couple intriguing later tight ends this year that I, I could have waited on. I just don't really love any of the other. There's no running back I want anymore. Um, I'm not really a big fan of a lot of the receivers. I would have taken Tolbert if he was available. I'm not a fan of a lot of the other receivers that are left, to be quite honest, and this is one of my favorite moves. I love, love, love taking a tight end in the third or fourth round. I just love to do it because some of those guys can pop. And unless you have one of the top guys, unless you've got that top three, four, five best tight ends in the league, everyone is always looking for someone. So I just like to have darts. I drop Gasecki. I'm fucking done with him. I never started him. He's a bum. I'm going to take a chance on Trey McBride. Bob, up at 26. This is an easy one. Take David Bell. Cleveland Browns homer. Let's go. Uh, Nick is finally on the board for the first time. And let's have him taking Sam Howell. Maybe a little early, but it's Wentz. Come on. Is he really going to last? Is he? Is he going to last the full 16? I mean, he's been he's been able to stay healthy. I'll give him that credit. But I don't know. Are they just... Are they, they're, the talks are not good. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of good vibes in Washington right now. Um, so is he going to start the full year? And I think... I think Nick's got to think about that. I mean, he's he's got Brady. Brady half-retired. He's got to start making that succession plan. So let's take Sam Howell, last basically viable quarterback since Matt Corral got injured and is out for the year, if you haven't heard. Um, and, it, and if you haven't heard, I'm sorry if you drafted him uh, since I released this you know, after the draft. Anyway, Billy is up at 28. I'm taking Alec Pierce. I just I, I have a feeling that Billy's an Alec Pierce guy. I am not. Um, I just think he's a little limited. But 
hey, he's got height, he's got speed. Yeah, why not? I mean, there's an there's an opportunity there. They don't really have a, a good second receiver in Indianapolis. Uh Nate at 29, he needs a tight end. Not horribly, but I think he could round out that room. How about Greg Dulcich? Um who watching at the combine just had great hands. I, I was just like, holy shit. This guy's absorbing everything. It's like a, just, I don't even know, like I'm one of those, what were those old, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I think he's just going to take them. I don't know what else to say. I'm done with that. All right, and Matt at 30, I had him taking Tyquan Thornton at first because he's a dumb homer, uh, but Tyquan Thornton's going to be out most of the year. So we'll have him taking Wandale Robinson, who's going to stink. All right. That was it. That was the draft. 30 picks, three rounds. It's tomorrow night. I can't wait. Tonight's going to be like Christmas as a child. I'm not going to be able to sleep. I'm just going to be thinking about it. Oh, man. But you're hearing this after it happened, so I'm assuming it was a great night. I'm assuming we had a great time. I'm assuming I had a great draft, and I'm assuming you're all wondering how I did it. All right, that's it for me. I guess we'll talk to you later this week with some draft grades and a recap. Oh boy, that'll be fun. But until then, bye bye